0: the book of Proverbs. I'm just finishing it. My devotions. Proverbs chapter 4 this morning, this morning, this evening. I keep thinking about it this morning. Proverbs chapter 4. Heart disease is one of the leading killers. Who Dr. Crab was talking about before the service, probably the leading killer of, uh, of us Americans. And um, I know I had a my mom, she passed away, because of complications of heart disease. And uh, my dad went to the doctor just this last week. And he, uh, my dad is texting. He's seventy some years old. Texting me. I like dad. I can't believe you're texting us. <laughs> and he texted me, so I I, I called him back, and uh, he said I went to the doc about my heart, and uh, he said you need to co- you need to come back. Doc said you need to come back, <laughs> and uh, with with doctors and principals, it's never good when they call you into the office. It's never been a good thing on my I've, I've ever seen. So uh, we want to pray for uh, uh, Doctor Sexton. I would appreciate your prayers for my dad. Um, find out what's wrong with him. Hopefully this week. Proverbs chapter four. Heart disease is a terrible thing, but spiritual heart problems are worse. It's one thing to be physically sick and even die. But when your heart as a Christian is bad, that's a whole different matter altogether. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. The text, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Tonight, we thank you for your love, your mercy. Father, we thank you for your dear son dying on the cross for us so we could have everlasting life. And tonight, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help me to get out of the way, that you'd speak through me, and you'd have me to say exactly what you would have me to say tonight. I pray, Father, that you would come, that your spirit would bless, that you'd give liberty, unction, power, that your son would be glorified. I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to look at the matter of the heart tonight. We give you all the praise and glory. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's not really talking about that organ inside your chest that's, that's uh, pumping blood. It's actually talking about uh, how you feel, how you, how you think, what, what you want. It's the sum total of your innermost being, not just your affections or intellect. But the seed of your conscience, the unseen influencer in every choice you make, it's the core of who you are. It's probably better maybe interpreted your mind. Your mind. Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Matthew 9, 4, And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Therefore think ye evil in your hearts. Hebrews 4, 12, the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is Solomon, I believe, and he's writing to his son, as so often he does here in the book of Proverbs, as you see many times the beginning of each chapter, a father speaking to his son, giving uh, imparting wisdom. And let's look at uh, start with uh, chapter four, and let's read uh, some more of this uh, chapter, uh, chapter four, verse 20. It says, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto unto those that find them, and health unto all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, let thine eyelids look straight before thee, ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Tonight I want to ask you three questions about your heart. I want to ask you three questions about your heart. First question is, is it fine? Is your heart fine? Meaning, is it in excellent condition? <clears throat> some, some of the folks that I went to see this, this week... Uh, spending time at their house, they put out their fine china. Now, you know, if it's just a fried bologna, you know, after, after a church, you may put out the paper plates or you may just put out the napkin. <laughs> but sometimes when you have some folks over to your house, special guests, you'll take out the fine china. You'll, you'll have the, the best out. That's what I'm talking about when I'm asking about your heart. Is it in excellent condition? Is it, is it pure I'm from Greenville, South Carolina, and actually Greenville is known for its, its water and how, how clean-tasting it is and how pure it is. Uh, but that's not, that's not everywhere in the country. I've done some traveling up the East Coast and out West, and I tell you what, getting used to that sulfur water at different places was really difficult for me as I traveled. I've known places that, uh, uh, you know, you, you look at, you, you taste the water, and you wonder, did something die in that well What what happened? Is is something like really wrong here? Because that tastes pretty bad. And really, uh, the question is, if the heart is the wellspring of our being and we're commanded to guard it, then the question is, is our heart fine? Is it pure? I believe evil actions come from an evil heart. Evil actions flow from an evil heart. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 9, Jesus said, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Isn't it interesting that Jesus could be washed by a prostitute? His uh, the prostitute, this whorish woman, could could wash him with, with her hair, and yet he not be tempted because there was no sin in him. Uh, the average person, the average man, could not, that could not be done to him. But Jesus, because there was no sin in him, there was, no, there was nothing that, that, that would pull at him that would cause him to be tempted. Uh, he, he wasn't impure. The Bible says in, in Titus 1.15, unto the pure all things are pure. I love working with kids, and the purity, the innocence of a child, that sometimes even when something that is inappropriate is mentioned or said, they don't get it. And it's good that they don't get it. <laughs> but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. But James 1.14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. What was the problem what is the problem with focusing on the only on the externals that the Pharisees often did? Matthew chapter 15 and verse 1. The Pharisees, the scribes, came to Jesus, which were in Jerusalem. They said, why do the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash, for they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Now, the Pharisees and scribes, they weren't concerned about hygiene. They weren't saying, hey, you know, if, if you wash... If you eat with unwashed hands, you're going to get sick because uh, you know, you're not practicing good hygiene. Is it good hygiene to wash before you eat? Sure it is. <laughs> the problem was they were focusing only on, the, only on the externals because they had taken some of the ceremonial laws from the Old Testament. The fact that the priest, of course, would wash before he gave uh, an offering. Uh, sometimes before, after the, uh, someone touched the, uh, the dead, they would wash. And though it was proper, it was ceremonial, it was good, it was symbolic to wash their hands, but they only washed with water. So again, it wasn't about hygiene, it was ceremonial. But what what was happening here is that Jesus said in Matthew 15, 11, not not that which goeth into the mouth defileth man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth the man. It doesn't matter about uh, washing the hands before you eat, that's not going to hurt you spiritually. In verse 17, he says, Do not ye yet understand talking to the disciples that whatsoever entered to the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught. The focus is not what you do out externally with your hands. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. Why was this focus, this external focus so bad? Number one, because it made religious ceremony out of something God had not commanded. The Pharisees often put something that was symbolic in the Old Testament equal to truth that was found in the New Testament. Like not washing your hand is equal to thou shalt not lie. And folks, what we have to do is be careful of allowing ceremonies, symbolic things, even tradition, tradition to be equal to the Word of God. We've got to be careful of that because it's easy to do that in our lives, and that's what the Pharisees did. They made up so many laws that they found in the Old Testament, and they made them God's law, and they judged Jesus and the disciples saying, you've broken God's command. But there was nothing in the, in the New Testament, nothing in the God's law saying, hey, if you don't wash your hands, you're going to be spiritually unclean. Secondly, not only it made religious ceremony out of something God had not commanded, the ceremony was all for show. It was all about, it was all about making themselves look better. Instead of focusing on their hands, the Pharisees should have been focusing on their hearts. They should have been focusing on their hearts. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 15, 8, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart, their heart is far from me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we can come to church, we can dress the best we can, we can look fine and dandy, but where is our heart? heart where is our heart the heart of the problem is always the problem of the heart where's our heart we need clean hearts we need clean hearts romans 12 9 let not let love be without dissimulation meaning hypocrisy abhor that which is evil abhor it cleave to that which is good as you get more into the light of the word of god your appetite, your palate, if you, if you will, will change. My, my, my desires, my taste for things is a whole lot different from when I was 17 or 22 as they are now when I'm almost 44. Why? Because I've spent time in the light. I've spent time in the light. And if you, as you spend time in the light, as you spend time in the truth, it will change your desires. It will change your wants. It will change what pleases you. The Bible says in Romans 13, 14, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That that idea, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's like like when I, I came to church and I remember my jacket. I put on my jacket. I made a decision, a conscious choice, to put on the tie, to put on the shirt, to put on the jacket. I chose it. I desired it. I practiced it. And that's the same thing with the Christian life. You and I have to choose the Lord Jesus Christ. Put him on on a daily basis, not on Sunday, not on Sunday night and just Wednesday night, but daily we must put on the Lord Jesus Christ to make not the provision for the flesh. Someone said, when the heart is pure, the vision is clear. When the heart is pure, the vision is clear. And isn't that the problem in our country? The, the heart is so dark. The, the spirit is so dark. There's no vision. when there is no vision, the people perish. The people languish. How do we keep our hearts pure? We go back to our text. Proverbs chapter 4. A father talking to his son. Proverbs chapter 4. And look there again in verse 24. It says, put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from thee. <clears throat> what we say is so important. Put, hey, It says, put away from thee a forward mouth, perverse lips. Put far from thee. Don't say things you shouldn't say. Oh, be careful little lips what you say. We sing that song as a child, but do we remember those things as an adult? Man, be careful about what you say. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Are we wise about what we let our eyes see? Man, there's things, there's things, I mean, it's easier today probably than any time in the history of the world, maybe except for before the flood, to see things you shouldn't see. And you you don't even have to want to see them or try to see them, they're just there. Oh, be careful what your eyes see, folks. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Oh, be careful where your feet go. If we just were diligent in those three things, what we say, what we see, and what we, where we go, we would be in a, a whole lot better state, wouldn't we? Oh, those those three areas. What we say, what we see, and where we go. So I ask you this morning, brother and sister in Christ, is your heart fine? Is your heart pure? But secondly, not only is your heart fine, secondly, is it filled? Is it filled? Is it, is it full? Is it full of righteousness? Psalm 87, verse 7. I love this, what David he says. David says in, in Psalm 87, verse 7, All my springs are in thee. <laughs> All my springs are in thee. Where's your springs at tonight? Where's your... Where's your springs at? Where's your joy? Where's your happiness? Where's your love? Where's your thrill? Where's your goal? Where's your purpose? Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Are your springs in Him? I love what He says in Psalm 23, verse 6. My, my cup runneth over. He was so full of God's provision, His grace, His love, His mercy. He said, my cup runneth over. I'm full. I'm full. Have you ever been blessed? So much that your heart was full. Your heart was full. I've come out of church services, out of this place so many times, my heart has been so full from what I've gotten from the Word of God, it's past what you can even communicate with the mouth. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to be full of righteousness. Instead of full of unrighteousness, which is easy to do, which is our natural state to do, let us be full of righteousness. Of good things. All the paste pearls, all the fool's gold of this world cannot satisfy you one little bit. I live my life not for money or pleasure or fun or things. Live your life for Jesus who can only satisfy. I read this verse this morning in Sunday school, John 4, 13. Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give shall never thirst again. Shall never thirst. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. In 737, John, it says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. What are you drinking? You ever, you ever had something to drink and just leave a terrible aftertaste? <laughs> it's like, wow, why did I drink that? That's what the world that's what the world would give you. A terrible aftertaste where you, you, after you, you after you drink of it, after you sip it, after you swallow it, you ask yourself, why in the world did I do something crazy like that? Go to the Lord. It's always perfect. It's, he's, always, he's always perfect. He's always gonna satisfy you. I love what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2: Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall he draw water out of the wells of salvation. Draw waters out of the wells of salvation. What does that mean? I believe it means to focus on what, on what God has done in your life and how he saved you. I tell you, I tell you a, a secret uh, to not getting haughty hot, or not getting proud. Think about how God saved you. think about what God has done in your heart and life. Man, look, think about if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for the grace of God, where would you be? And oftentimes I'll look at somebody and I'll say, man, that's crazy, why they do that? Then I think, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be even worse, 10 times worse. Thank God for what he's done in our life. Remind yourself, think often of how you are saved from hell. Think often. Dwell often of where you would be today without a godly family. Many of you in this room today are, are saved because you came from a, a goodly heritage. Uh, yeah, but many a, folk, many a folk doesn't have that, that hope, doesn't have that heritage. Thank God for the heritage you have, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank God for what you have in Christ. And think often of what he's done for you. Remind yourself of the grace of God in your life. Remind yourself of what God has given you. Remind yourself that, man, in this place called America, we have light. We have great light. What if I was born in a place of darkness? I didn't have that light. How much do we need to go and share that light to those folks who don't have the opportunity that we have? Romans 8:16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Meditate on that a little bit tonight, folks. <laughs> you and I are the children of God. The children of God? You mean I I'm I'm a child of God, I'm a child of the king. Furthermore, it says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Wow. Talk about a spell, run around the room a few times. Folks, think about that. (laughs) When do you want to have a pity party? When you want to get sad, mad, think about what God has done for you and what you have in Jesus Christ. Think about the fact that you can't go to hell. Think about that. Think about you have a home in heaven that is secure. You ever made reservations and it didn't happen? Folks, you have a reservation in heaven that cannot be canceled. You have a reservation in heaven that they can't say, you can't come because we're too full. Or the place is torn down. No, because Jesus is the author and the finisher of my faith. And, and I'm going to be with Him someday. I'm a child of the King. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Be glad. Be glad. Be glad. Be glad. Be glad. Oh, saints of God, is your heart filled this, this evening? Is your heart fine? Is your heart filled with righteousness? And thirdly tonight, is your heart flowing? So What do you mean, Brother Moon? I mean is it active is if the wellspring spring your heart is it active water of life is is always pictured as flowing springing up moving not stagnant i hate going by somewhere and i see old stagnant water i just and especially in florida i don't jump in i don't jump in any ponds down here when I was a kid i'd run around the creek and try to get crawdads and salamanders but down here no because every, about every year you hear somebody getting eaten by a gator because they jumped in some crazy pond. But no, I'm not jumping in ponds. <laughs> but you know what? Stagnant water is not good. Produces a whole lot of mosquitoes. I believe we had a missionary, Marty Howell, down in Honduras, jumped in a pond and got uh, bacterial meningitis and died. So it's serious. You know what? <clears throat> we have to be careful in our own Christian life that we don't, we're not stagnant, that our heart is not stagnant. We ought to give out... What we give, get in. We ought to give out what we give. All week long, we ought to be talking about the bones of Joseph. (laughs) The faithfulness of God. Joseph's faith. We ought to be talking about our heart. We ought to be talking what we get on Sunday. The smorgasbord, the buffet that we get here at the gospel. We ought to be taking it out and sharing it with others. Tell others, tell others, tell your coworkers, tell your friends. Hey, put that on Facebook instead of all the other junk we put on Facebook. Say, hey, Jesus is coming again. Smile. Wow. Wow. What if we did that a while? Man, don't allow your heart to be bitter like the waters of Mara in Exodus chapter 15. You know what I find typically busy folks are not bitter, bitter folks? Because they're busy. They're busy focusing on God and getting busy doing what God has them to do. John 7, 38, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture say, had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Proverbs ten eleven. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. What are we ought to be doing? We ought to be going around saying, you need some water? Hey, there's some thirsty folks out there, friends. There's some folks out there that are, that are, that are very, very thirsty, They are about to die. And we have the water of life ready. we can just say, hey, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Proverbs 8, 4, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. God can use us. Is our hearts flowing? Are we ministering to other people? There's opportunities everywhere to minister. But you have to choose to minister. You have to choose it. This week, I've not only been given the assignment or last two weeks to watching the cats, which I'm glad I'm about to be over with, but also watering my wife's plants. Now, why she buys plants, I don't don't ever know. She does it every summertime. She gets in this thing of buying plants, and she buys a bunch of them. Then she starts teaching, and they all die. Because she don't have time to water plants. I mean, it's like... And then, you know, summertime, she gets this, hey, let's do plants. And she buys them. And I look at her and said, why are you doing this again? Oh, it's fun. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. God bless you. Go ahead. Buy some more plants. <coughs> and I'm for her. You know what? I had to choose to get up and get the water. I had to choose to put the water in it. I had to choose to go out there and, and put the water in the, in the plants and make sure every little plant has their water so they could live. You know what we do, Folks. We choose to water other people. We choose it. And every one of us are instruments that we can be used to help water the souls of people around us. How are you watering? Are you watering at all? You said I maybe you're saying tonight, I used to water. Or do not you water anymore? Is the watering all over for you? Well, maybe you can't water the way you used to water. By the grace of God, you still can. <laughs> Maybe you say, well, you know, I'm tired of water. We'll take a little break in then water after that. We all get weary sometimes in well-doing. It's, it's good to good to rest. But every one of us must water. It is essential to the Christian life. John seven thirty nine. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they believe on him, should receive. You see, the Holy Spirit is often symbolized in the Old Testament with the imagery of living water. Like in Isaiah 44, verse 3, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring. So it is the Holy Spirit in us that enables us to share the water of life with others. It's the Spirit of God. I'm simply just an instrument. I'm just simply a tool. I'm simply a water pot. pot, And I let the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, work in through in me to give that power. The seed is the word of God. The power is the Holy Spirit of God. And he uses an earthen vessel to see folks saved. And brothers and sisters in Christ, that's what what we can do. (laughs) Hey, take, take those tracks, Not the Unitarian Church please. <laughs> but take the tracks, take the gospel. And by the grace of God, go around and said, hey, there's some places around here, like my grass in my front yard. It looks a little dry. <laughs> it looks a little thirsty. There's some co-workers that you have at work that need a little watering. There's some, there's some people that you know, some cousins and aunts and uncles that need some watering. There's some friends, there's some neighbors that you have down the street that you used to water when you first got there, but you haven't given them any water in a long time. How about once again saying, Dear Spirit of God, would you give me the power of the unction? Would you help me go be a witness to these dear folks? Oh, dear br- brothers and sisters in Christ, it is essential for us to be used of God. One of the reasons why I believe I'm in church today after 26 years of being a Christian for the Lord Has been using me. I'm thankful for it. Just to be saying, Lord, I want to be used. One of the greatest blessings of a person is allow the Lord just to use you. At 18 years of age, I got the privilege of sharing my giving a first sermon. I I preached on the patience of Job. Now, what does anybody at 18 know about the patience of Job? I don't know, but that was that's the first sermon I ever preached. And then at 19 years of old, my pastor, Pastor Nicky Chavers, gave me the, 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 uh, the privilege of teaching the uh, 5th uh, and 6th grade boys. I just began to go in there and share. I just, I just shared with them what God shared with me. You know what? And as the Lord has allowed me and given me the privilege, I just keep, I just keep saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do next? What do you want me to do next? What do you want me to do next? <clears throat> what will keep you in good standing with God Is your heart not only fine, your heart not only filled, your heart is flowing, you're busy doing something for God. What is your ministry? What is your ministry A Gospel Baptist Church? Do you have one? Everyone in this room should have a ministry. You say, well, maybe I can only pray. Hey, if, if it's only pray, praise God, you can pray. This preacher covets your prayers, folks. I know our pastor covets your prayers, would desire your prayers. If you say, well, I can only pray. Hey, prayer's great. Prayer's wonderful. Prayer is what we need. But oftentimes we can do a whole lot more than prayer. Is your heart filled? Is your heart fine? Is your heart flowing? Granddad one time said to his grandson, go down to the creek and get that wicker basket full of water. The young man went down to the creek, got a wicker basket full of water, ran back to his granddad, and <clears throat> got about up there and looked at the wicker basket, no water. <laughs> went down there, frustrated, got a water basket, wicker basket full of water, once again came up running up the hill, said to his grandfather, I can't, I can't do this. He said, I'm going to try one more time. Went down there, filled the wicker basket full of water, came back to his granddad and said, it's empty. Red Dad said to grandson, son, the purpose was not to give me water. The purpose was to clean the basket. This word can clean us. This word can clean us. And as we give the word of God to others, it sanctifies us. It purifies us. It helps us. So while you have life, while you have breath in your lungs, be a minister. Be a minister. Share the gospel with others. I ask you tonight, is your heart fine? Is it pure? Is your heart filled? Filled with righteousness? Filled, your cup filled to overflowing? And is your heart flowing? Are you busy? Wherever you are, Wherever God's located you, doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. The word of God says, keep your heart, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Oh Lord, help us to keep our heart. Help us to guard it. May our hearts be pure tonight. May our hearts be Feel tonight. May our hearts be flowing. The heart of the problem is always a problem of the heart. May we ask ourselves, may we be diligent, may we be honest tonight and ask ourselves these, these questions. How's my heart? May we ask ourselves a serious question. Is there ever a time in my life I've been closer to God than tonight? Maybe it's because we've been putting something or things wrong in our heart. Maybe our heart's not been filled with righteousness, but with unrighteousness. Maybe we've just got tired and quit sharing the gospel, ministering to others. Whatever your need is, whatever the Spirit has spoken to you about tonight, I pray that you would obey. Oh, God wants to use us. To be used of God is the most blessed thing that you could ever do. To be used of God. Maybe tonight you need heart examination how is your heart father I pray God you speak to us that you'd help us that you would do some work in our lives Lord that we could be great greater used of thee to reach this dark and dying world and I pray in Jesus name amen let's stand together